Just about uh, seven minutes after four o'clock on your Sunday, we are back at it. The employment hour is here. Liam Moody is hosting the show along with us. John Scholes here, here for the next hour to inform you about workplace rights, your job, your severance, your boss, workplace harassment. We cover all kinds of phone calls, emails, and topics here on the show. Reminder, the phone lines are already open and ready for you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to email anytime, help at employmenthour.com as well. So, Leah, back for another uh, warm you know it. employment hour here on a Sunday. Lots to get through. We're going to talk about temporary layoffs, which uh, a lot of gray area and a lot of murky waters when it comes to that. What are they? People don't know what they are. How do they work? We will get to that, but we always start off with the, uh, the week that was, my friend. What's going on with you? Well, it was an interesting one from an employment law in the <sighs> news perspective. So I'm just going to jump mm. right in. Um It seems that we hear more and more of an employee doing something on social media or off-duty, off-work hours and getting fired because of it. It seems like more and more, as well, employers are looking to social media, both as evidence of what kind of person a particular employee is and as the judge, jury, and potential executioner of an employment relationship. It seems like employers are looking to social media more and more. And understandably, there is a lot of public discourse and confusion around these stories. You know, there are a lot of scary things to be found in the comment sections of articles that are about these stories. But what I predominantly find are just a lot of questions. Can someone be terminated for something they post online? Can someone be terminated for off-duty conduct? Is it fair for someone to be terminated for off-duty conduct? And the short answer is yes. And the longer answer is tied up in this distinction in law between a for-cause and a without-cause termination. I think a lot of people believe that when someone is fired from their job, it has to be for a legal reason or at least a good reason. But that is only true when we are talking about a for-cause termination. A for-cause termination is a termination of the employment relationship where the employee is provided with no severance, not a dime. Our courts have found that when an employer has a legally justifiable reason to terminate an employment relationship, the employer is relieved from any legal obligation to pay severance. So what counts as a legally justifiable reason? Well, the bar is very, very high. A four-cause termination is has been called by our courts the capital punishment of the employment relationship. Yeah. So the employer has to be able to show that the employee acted in such a way so as to make the continuation of the employment relationship impossible. The most obvious examples are like hand caught in the cookie jar, violence in the workplace, yeah. fraud, the big ones, right? But you can also be terminated for consistently poor performance or a breach of company policy, which is essentially insubordination. With these lesser offenses, so performance and insubordination, you generally need to have a history of issues with a history of discipline and warnings, and the employer must be have shown to have given you a chance to improve. The bar to show cause may also be lower if you're in a position of trust with your employer. So if you're an executive or even a manager. But if this exists or if you commit, you know, one act that is particularly bad, like theft or fraud, an employer can terminate you immediately without paying you any severance. And the employee can always challenge that as a wrongful dismissal. And the employer will have to defend it by showing that the employee acted in such a way so as to repudiate the employment relationship and that it therefore had a legally justifiable reason to terminate. So when we are particularly looking at social media and off-duty conduct, what might count as a legally justifiable reason to terminate for cause? And the answer is not a whole lot. 
Again, it's a very high bar. However, that certainly does not make you immune. You know, the case of the manager at a local restaurant here that was terminated for asking a customer to remove his Make America Great Again hat was apparently asked to sign off on and abide by a restaurant policy that prohibited him from refusing service on any grounds. And contravening that policy could be grounds for the employer to terminate for cause, depending on how long he was working there and if there was a past history of discipline. But other than that, your off-duty or online conduct has to be linked to your employer in order to constitute a fireable offense. So if you're shouting racist slurs from a company vehicle, even in off hours, you could be terminated for cause. If you're a public figure, say John Scholes, recognizably connected to your employer, like a newscaster, for example, what you say on your own time, even if you say nothing about your employer, could give rise to a for-cause termination. But again, the bar to show a legally justifiable reason to terminate for cause is very high. The catch, and this is the information that a lot of these stories are missing, is that you do not need to hand your employer a legally justifiable reason to terminate for cause in order to get fired for something that you post online or do off-duty. And that's because your employer does not need a reason to terminate you without cause. They can terminate you for any reason they like or no reason at all, as long as they aren't terminating you for a discriminatory reason and as long as they pay you your severance. You know, John, we always use the example of somebody being terminated because they drive a blue car and and I love the one of eat, eating egg salad sandwiches in the lunchroom or you know just because mm-hmm. your yeah. your employer feels like it and this is all true but maybe because it's so extreme and it's so absurd it doesn't really drive home the point that ultimately if you do something that your employer doesn't agree with doesn't particularly like finds offensive or just doesn't think indicates a very good fit with the company you can be terminated simple as that so if you remember the woman from uh, Cranbrook who went on a Yeah, they race went off on those two guys in the restaurant? In Denny's, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was terminated as a result of that conduct. But my understanding is that it was on a without cause basis. So the employer decided that while not giving rise to terminate on a for cause basis, what she did off duty ultimately didn't align with company values and she was fired. This is perfectly allowed and legitimate. And it is why I always encourage employees to mind their P's and Q's in a public forum, including on social media, because if an employer doesn't like what you're doing or what you're saying, or even if they just think that other people aren't going to like what you're doing or saying, you can be terminated. Again, as long as the reason for your termination isn't discriminatory in and of itself, you can always be terminated regardless of your seniority, performance, or position. See, it's interesting you say that, and when it comes, it's 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 wise advice because it's come to the point now with social media. Like that woman's a perfect example. I don't know if she got hired back by that that dealership or not, but she, she got did. fired initially, right? Right. Yeah. And without cause is fine. Like you said, they could still get let you go with full termination pay, but it's a matter of optics now because they're going to let her go because it looks really bad what she did. So they 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 might not mind having to pay her off, but they're going to say you're out of here because it looks terrible. You've tarnished our reputation, so out she goes. So I think people should be conscious. That woman, for instance, should be conscious of that sort of thing. They can still be let go. It doesn't have to be cause. Definitely. In in this day and age, if an employer even senses or sniffs out a whiff of controversy, they'll they'll terminate your employment. You know, they'll pay you a bit of money and they'll make it all go away. And I think in that particular case, we know that that was probably what they were trying to do because they immediately publicized and tweeted and made it public to say, you know, this is yeah. specifically what we do not agree with. We do not align with this kind of attitude. And she has been t- uh, terminated accordingly. 
I think it's just smart in this day and age for everybody. I mean, this goes for people when it comes to the jobs. This goes for people when they're off on disability. I mean, just be really, really cautious what you throw up on social media, what you say. There's always a camera. There's always someone filming something on their phone. They could be two or 202. Everybody's got a phone, right? Yeah, and not just for termination, but also for hiring, right? And also yeah. for the purposes of promotion, because the first thing, one of the first things that people look at after your resume and application now is your online presence. You know, the kinds of things that you like on Instagram, the groups that you follow on Facebook. I mean, it, it all goes to, you know, fit with the company and what kind of person you are. Yeah. And companies will use that information to their advantage to make the decisions they need to make. We are going to take a uh, short break. First one of the afternoon here. We'll come back. We're going to talk about the uh, severance pay calculator. First of all, we'll get into temporary layoffs, some emails, and your phone calls. Of course, the lines are wide open for you. Have questions about your job, your severance. Maybe that last topic just piqued your interest. Uh, give us a call. Leah is here to answer your questions. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 in your cell as well. It's the Employment Hour right here on CKNW. Lots of time for you to call in, ask your questions. Leah here is to uh, is here to answer them, whether it has to do with your employment severance, maybe calling for a friend or a family member. No worries. Give us a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Want to get into the uh, topic of temporary layoffs here in a moment, Leah, but uh, first, severance pay calculator, a very important tool for everybody to use, yeah? Very important tool. It's, it's essentially a website that was created by my firm to help employees easily figure out what you could be entitled to in terms of your severance. You know, we tell people all the time, make sure to call a lawyer and review the package before signing off on it. But, you know, that's often very difficult in the moment that you're getting it because you're shocked and it's it's a very traumatic experience to lose your job. And the last thing on your mind is, oh, severancepaycalculator.com. I heard that on my drive home on Sunday the other day, <laughs> especially when your employer is putting pressure on you to sign, which they often do. But it's so quick. It's so easy. Severancepaycalculator.com. You put in your age, your length of service and the type of job you worked at, and you will instantly know what range you're entitled to. It's absolutely free, by the way. You can't pay for it even if you wanted to. It takes a few moments to use it. Uh, you can remain anonymous. There's also an employer mode. So if you're an employer just wondering what it would cost you or what it should properly cost you to uh, to release an employee, you can use the severance pay calculator and determine that value as well. Severancepaycalculator.com is, uh, is where you want to go. Temporary layoffs, this is a massive gray area. People use the term all the time temporary layoff i was laid off it was temporary so on and forth is it a termination so we'll start off with the obvious one i'll lobby uh, an easy one over the plate what is a layoff <laughs> and is it different from a termination i mean it is an easy one uh over the plate but it's a no. great and important question because the two terms get confused and conflated all the time you know specifically employees will say that they've been laid off when what they really mean is that they've been terminated not understanding that there is a very important legal difference between the two terms a termination is what I was just talking about before the break and comes in three different forms. You've got a without cause termination when you're fired and paid severance. You've got a for cause termination when you're fired for a legally justifiable reason and not paid severance and a constructive termination, which we'll come back to later. When you can construe and interpret your employer's actions rather than their words to mean that the employer is no longer considering itself bound by the employment relationship and that you have been terminated. It's permanent, and it is the term we should be exclusively using when someone has been fired. 
A layoff, on the other hand, is a temporary termination of sorts. It's like a pause or a timeout in the employment relationship mm-hmm. and, and usually arises in the context of uh, seasonal employment or when business is particularly bad. The key difference between a termination and a layoff is that a termination is permanent and a layoff is at least intended to be temporary where you will right. or may be recalled to work after a certain period of time. So can a company, or says should a company, can and should, put their employees in a layoff position? So second only to the confusion over the two terms, this is the area where there's definitely <laughs> the most gray area and confusion, and not just to employers and employees, but even among lawyers, and particularly those that do not specialize in employment law. The important takeaway is this. Your company does not have the inherent or automatic right to place you on a layoff. They just don't have it. It doesn't matter if it's winter. It doesn't matter if there's been an economic downturn. It can be the most perfectly understandable reason in the world. Mm -hmm. It does not give a company the right to put you on a layoff. There are only two ways in which a company can gain that right, can gain that right to lay you off. The first is straightforward, it's in writing usually by way of a contract or an employment agreement. So an employer will typically need a contract or an offer letter or an agreement that specifically says that it has the right to lay you off as may be required from time to time. The second way is a little less straightforward, and that's through a history of layoffs of the employee. So if you've been laid off three times in the last four years, you can't then claim on the fourth layoff that your employer just doesn't have the right to do so. This may even be true where you've only ever agreed to it on one other occasion. Um, You know, if your employer lays you off and recalls you and you don't object to it at any time, your employer may then have the right to say that it has the implied right to lay you off. But the point is, is that the employer has to earn and gain that right explicitly. So without a contract or without a history of layoffs, a company cannot legally put you on a layoff. You want to join our conversation, you can do so. Questions about layoffs, maybe you've been on one, maybe you've, you've, you've thought you're going to be on one soon, you've been told it's going to happen, or any other topic tonight, want to give us a call. It's uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Get a hold of Leah and, uh, and ask some questions. So what happens when a company puts an employee on a layoff and they don't have the right to do so? Yes. So just because an employer doesn't have the right to lay you off doesn't mean that it won't try. Uh, And again, (sighs) so much of this is simply because there's just a ton of misinformation surrounding this topic. Uh, Most companies, they genuinely think that they have the right to lay you off. And so they will do so. And then Unfortunately, employees don't know that this is actually illegal and they do nothing about it. And then they end up making it a legal term of their employment simply through acquiescence. And this is why this is such an important topic to talk about, because you basically only have one shot as an employee to get this right. You have to act when you've first been laid off. Otherwise, you could be setting yourself up for a cycle of layoffs that you can do virtually nothing about as it, after it's happened. So if your employer places you on a layoff for the first time and there's no contract that allows them to do so, this is actually a constructive termination of your employment. But it's a 
bit right. like a sheep in wolf's clothing because it's framed as being temporary, you know, for being on account of reasons that have nothing to do with you and are completely understandable. And so it doesn't immediately come across as being something as permanent and potentially devastating as an actual termination. And most people don't seek legal advice. A layoff is, that is what it is. It is a termination. It is a constructive termination of your employment. Our courts have found that a company can't just send you home without work or pay, regardless of the reason or season. Doing so is a termination and entitles the employee to severance immediately. Well, you know, it's funny. and I, I think we've made this comparison uh, with you and, and Lior and, uh, have, and I have done it as well. It's like if your employer were to come up and say, you know, for the next 35 weeks, I'm going to cut your pay in half. I hope you're okay with that. You'd lose your mind. But with a temporary layoff, they're basically saying for the next 35 weeks, I'm paying you nothing. And somehow people think that's okay. Yeah, and again, I think that's why I stress the how understandable a reason can be because I think that that's ultimately what blinds people to what's being done to them. Yeah. You're absolutely right. If your employer came to you and said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna reduce your hours to part time or we're gonna reduce your pay by half, you would be up in arms. You'd be, you know, yeah. tossing your desk and giving you a call, and you know, we'd go after them for the severance that you're entitled to. But as soon as you know, there you the, you know the company's coming across hard times. Um, you know the the seasons are changing. It's 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 it accords with something that makes sense in your mind, and so being placed on a layoff seems fair, especially because you're told that this is only temporary. In 13 weeks, you're going to be recalled. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's 13 weeks that you are not getting a salary. You are not working. Yeah. That is critical to your to your life and to your income. And that is not something that an employer is permitted to do. And the worst part is you'll have to do it once or twice. Well, then, you know, there you go. You've kicked open the door and they can keep doing it whenever they like and increase the time, I guess, at that point, right? Yeah, that's that is the tricky part. That's where the the acquiescence comes in and, and allowing a history of layoffs to sort of take place. If you agree to it and you let that slide, if you don't get legal advice and then you come back for a recall, I mean, you can just continuously be placed on a layoff and be in this perpetual cycle of 13 weeks without income. And, you know, 13 is a relatively small number as far as numbers go. But when you consider that as three months without income and salary or benefits or, you know, any of the other things yeah. that you get as part of your remuneration package, that's very serious. And, uh, and our courts have determined that a company is simply not permitted to do so regardless of the reason, unless they've established that they have the clear legal right to do so by way of a contract or again, acquiescence, which is why it's always so important to call your friendly lawyer and always have your contract reviewed because they can just slip it in there and then all of a sudden you, you're you handing the company the right to lay you off and you didn't even know it. By the way, you want to get a hold of Leah or Lior on the firm anytime, 604-283-3123. But tonight, the number to call in if you have questions about any of this, you still got plenty of time. That's 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on sale. Still got about a uh, minute and a half before we, we take a break. I'll ask you this. So uh, assuming we're nipping this in the bud, hasn't happened yet. What are the employee's options before this goes down? 
Yeah, you've got two. Uh, but either way, you should mm-hmm. definitely contact legal counsel immediately because this can be a very difficult situation to navigate. And the first option is to construe the layoff for what it is, and that is a constructive termination of your employment. So what I do in these cases is I write the employer. I say, you don't have the right to send this employee home without pay or work. The employee does not agree to it and is entitled to severance as a result. We would then negotiate a severance package on that employee's behalf. The second option, however, is that you can agree to the layoff. And there are many reasons an employee would want to do so, and I certainly recognize them. You know, it may be long-term employment that you're not anxious to leave or even short-term employment that you're not anxious to leave. If you think there's a good chance for a recall and that this layoff really has arisen on account of, you know, abnormally bad circumstances, you may choose to ride it out until you are recalled. The key here, however, is making sure that you make it known at the time of recall that you object to being laid off, even if you understand it and you are not consenting to the layoff as a term of your employment going forward. That way, it doesn't become an implied term of your employment contract and you don't have to worry about being placed on a 13-week layoff every 20 weeks. And remember, always get that stuff in writing. We'll take a uh, short break and we'll continue with more. The phone calls anytime, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Lots more on the way. It's the Employment Hour right here on CKNW. And about half past four, lots of time for you still to call in and ask your questions about your job, your severance, your boss, your employment overall. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll see if we can do a couple of emails before we uh, wrap up today as well. But the phone lines are uh, wide open. One more question about temporary layoffs. Uh, Leah, then we're going to move on to harassment in the workplace. And that is, if the company does have the right to place an employee on a layoff, how does it work? Yeah, and that's a good question too, because just because an employer has the right to put you on a layoff doesn't mean it can do it whenever it wants and, you know, that there's not specific parameters and rules in place to govern how that's going to go down. Um, If the company does have a contract that allows it to lay you off, then it has to do so in accordance with the BC Employment Standards Act, the ESA. And the ESA provides that you cannot lay someone off for longer than 13 weeks in a 20-week period. So technically what that means is that you can be laid off for 13 weeks, recalled for seven, and then laid off again for another 13 weeks, but it cannot exceed 13 weeks. If it does, your employment is automatically deemed terminated pursuant to the Employment Standards Act. And that is retroactive to the date of your initial layoff. So just last week, actually, I had a guy call me and tell me that he was placed on a layoff back in March and still had not been recalled. Because 13 weeks had passed, I could tell him that at that point, his employment has actually been terminated and he's entitled to receive severance as a result. So that's probably the biggest takeaway there is that if your company has the right to do so, it cannot exceed 13 weeks. And that as soon as it goes over 13 weeks, even by a minute, you are deemed terminated and you get your severance. Still an awful situation, though. Think about it. I mean, even if an employer stays within the legal realm of the 13 for 20, I mean, so you're working seven weeks and then you're off again? Worst case scenario, that's why you want to not get into this this mess in the first place, right, before it starts to become, you know, a rotation and an implied term of your employment. Yeah, layoffs are awful. Honestly, any any kind of action on the employer that gives rise to a constructive dismissal puts an employee in a really tough position because – as an employee, you're sitting there thinking, okay, they're placing me on a layoff, but 
maybe they're going to recall me in 13 weeks and maybe this is never going to happen again. And at least I still have a job that way because claiming constructive dismissal and pursuing your severance means you're essentially walking away from your job. And that's true Mm -hmm. whether or not it's a layoff or a reduction in your salary or a demotion or any of the other things that can give rise to a constructive dismissal. It puts an employee in a really, really bad position. But the good thing about that you know, if there is a good thing about that, is that our courts recognize that. And there's a lot of protection afforded to employees who are in that role. You know, for example, uh, our courts afford employees a certain amount of time where you can take the changes for a test drive. So if you think, you know what, I don't really think I want to relocate to Kelowna, um, you know, but I don't want to give up on my job. Maybe I'll see how it goes. I'll move my family there and, and, you know, I'll see if I like it. Then you go to Kelowna, you're there for eight weeks and you decide it's awful and you want to go home, you can do it at that time, right? So there's there's a lot of leeway and license for employees recognizing that it is a very, very difficult situation to put an employee in. So you're basically allowed to take it out for a spin as as long as you uh, get that in writing. And like you said, if you don't like it, go back to status quo, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can definitely, you can definitely try it out. Um, usually, that's the most common when we are talking about a relocation or even a demotion. Yeah. Um, you can test it. You can try it out, and then if after a little while, you know, don't. I wouldn't take longer than two months. I would say is like the rough maximum. But you know, if after a little while of trying it out, you decide that you know you would rather give up your job. You'd rather look for something else and claim your severance. You absolutely yeah. can. And and in the and in the case of any change being made to your employment, I really, really cannot recommend highly enough that you call you you call me. Call an employment lawyer. Get yeah. the advice that you need to navigate the situation because it is so difficult. You need to get a hold of Leah, by the way, anytime. A member of the team, it is 604-283-3123 or help at employmenthour.com. Still tons of time to call in the show this afternoon and ask your questions and get them solved. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. In that regard, we'll get to, uh, to Dave. Hey, Dave, good afternoon. How are you, pal? Good. How you doing? Good. What's going on with you? So just curious if uh, do severance packages exist for people who work in the movie industry? Oh, yes, definitely. Are, are you unionized? Yep. Yeah, so then you want to check your collective borrowing agreement because you will likely have some sort of um, rules or provisions that provide for severance in the, amount that, or in the event that you're terminated. But it, it's a good question because I think a lot of people uh, believe that severance packages are dependent on whether you're part-time or full-time, how big or small your employer is, what kind of industry you're in. But regardless of any of those things, you are entitled to severance as an employee. Wow. And so does it uh, matter how long? Do you have like a time limit after, say, the last time, last day you worked? Is there a time limit uh, for uh, you to ask for severance? Uh, yeah, so there's two years to bring an action in our courts. I mean, you can ask for severance at any time, but the only time that you can enforce that legally and you've got the leverage to do so, uh, that's two years from the date of termination. Oh, okay. So, yeah, well, I'm, well I'm only like six months out from that. Yeah, so what you would want to do is if, if you, if you know, obviously, first and foremost, you have to have recourse to your collective bargaining agreement. And then yeah. uh, if uh, you'd like, you can make a grievance to your union about the, the termination. 
Right. So, uh, okay, and uh, so is there a number I can call to uh, get more information after? <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I don't, so as an employment lawyer, I don't and can't do union side work. Um, if yeah, you're no unionized, can't outside the union, right? Yeah. yeah if you're yeah. unionized, you have to go through them. Um, you have to go through the union. You have to grieve with the union. So I unfortunately right. wouldn't be able to help you. But um, if if you contact your union representative, then you should be able to get all the information that you need uh, from them. Dave, appreciate your call, and uh, thanks for bringing that to light because, yeah, you live and die by the collective bargaining agreement when you're with a union, and as beneficial as it can be, sometimes you can't go outside that normally to uh, to seek the advice, uh, legal advice for someone like yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's uh, yeah. the unfortunate thing about unionized employees is I wish I could be of more help, but you're, you're uh, you know, completely bound and constrained by the terms of the collective bargaining agreement, and the union has right. full and complete jurisdiction over any complaints that you might have. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell is the way to get in tonight. Scott, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, good. I have a question that's really, this has really bothered me for some time. I know someone who long-term worked for a company as a contractor, mm-hmm. and that was the only client they had. Mm-hmm. Um, CRA deemed them, after a long time, deemed them an employee and forced them to pay back all these deductions. You know, it was very negative uh, on their income tax going back right. for many years. Right. What, what, in the situation, first off, what, what are the rules with respect to that? And is there any recourse they would have against the employer that didn't properly employ them, I guess? Yeah, that's an excellent, excellent question. And I can understand why it's been bothering you. Um, So there are three different categories of worker. One is employee, one is a independent contractor, and the other is a dependent contractor. Um, And regardless of what two people decide to call or characterize the relationship, there's certain indicia that the law is going to look to in order to determine whether or not somebody's a contractor or an employee. Uh, In this case, at the very least, if your friend only had this one company as their client, they are at the very least characterized as a dependent contractor. And dependent contractors and employees are entitled to severance when they're let go. So first and foremost, if your friend was let go, if that employment contract was terminated, uh, they can certainly pursue the employer for outstanding severance. Do you know if that employment relationship was terminated? No, it wasn't. That that wasn't the issue. The issue just was with CRA, and I and I wondered like how that employer could get away with it because they were obviously saving money too by not having to pay you know uh, employee um, the payroll taxes like CPP so and I, EI, I, yeah, yeah. So I I just you know I they seemed to have come CRA came down very heavy on the the contractor, and I, I don't think they came down heavy at all on the the employer. And I just thought it was really mm-hmm. unfair what happened there and, and I, I i'm going to really encourage them to speak with you and, and is there is there a, a time limit with respect to this as well 
yeah, I mean, so everything's got two years. If it's something that you need to go through the employment standards branch, you've only got six months. Um, but I'm actually really surprised to hear you say that nothing has happened to the company or the employer because generally when the CRA has determined that a relationship is an employment relationship versus a contracting relationship, they also go after the employer for any taxes that could have and should have been paid on on their behalf. That's also something that the employee can pursue as well. Um, you know, having EI and CPP paid into on your behalf can be pretty critical depending on your status. But I take it the relationship is still ongoing then um it is and i am not sure if they did i mean I, i'm not certain they didn't go after the employer i just don't know i i've just left the impression that that most of the acts fell on my friend and not the company i could be wrong though i mean it's not like they're i've got them on speed dial and they're telling me their secrets so Right, right. Well, I mean, either way, Scott, I have to encourage you to encourage your friend to talk to me because, um, you know, there's there's or anybody. This is such an important topic. The law will decide what your employment relationship is, not you. And that can have devastating consequences for, for tax purposes. Scott, appreciate your call. Moving on, you want to get hold of Leah anytime. The number is 604-283-3123. And again, help at employmenthour.com. We'll take uh, one more break here, and we still have plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions as well. That number is 604-280-9898. And star 9898 on your cell. Employment Hour on CKNW. And still some time for you to call in and ask your questions as well as we go to uh, close to 5 o'clock this afternoon here on the uh, the Employment Hour. Liam Moody, of course, answering your call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. You want to email anytime at help at employmenthour.com. Uh, we'll, I guess we'll take a few minutes and cover part of what we were going to get into in the second half, and that is uh, harassment in the workplace. What is the definition of harassment? Yes, and this is an extremely important topic because it wow. comes across my desk multiple times a week. Um, you know, people are really publicly speaking out about harassment that they experience in their various industries, and people are really coming alive to the fact that they don't have to put up with harassment in the workplace. And employers, conversely, are learning that the responsibility falls on them to ensure that harassment isn't occurring. And the easiest place to start here is with the definition. And honestly, the definition is such a good starting point because there's so much confusion about what constitutes harassment. And harassment is, legally speaking, any kind of inappropriate conduct or comment by a person towards a worker that that person knows or should know would cause humiliation or intimidation or would be unwelcome. It can be verbal It can also include spreading rumors. It definitely includes calling someone derogatory names. And of course, any kind of unwanted physical touching or aggression. It's a fairly wide ambit, but it's also really important to note what harassment is not. And harassment is not any reasonable action taken by an employer or manager or supervisor relating to the management of workers. So a supportable but less than stellar performance review or a change in policy would not count as harassment under the law. A difference of opinion doesn't count as harassment under the law, you know, so long as those differences of opinion are respectfully communicated. But outside of reasonable steps taken to manage the workplace, targeted actions or comments that cause you to feel isolated or intimidated very likely constitutes harassment as defined by WorkSafeBC. 
What are an employer's obligations to their employees in that case? And so an employer generally has the obligation to, well, they have the general obligation to maintain a workplace free from harassment and bullying. And yeah. as an employee, you are entitled to come in and do your work without being harassed, to work in a safe atmosphere, to not be humiliated or intimidated by those you work with. This is your right. And it's so important that that gets across. No one has to or should endure or suffer being harassed in the workplace, no matter how minor, no matter if it's a one-off. WorkSafeBC also has specific obligations that employers must abide by, and this includes having a policy or statement on harassment in the workplace. Usually, that's a declaration of some kind of the commitment to a workplace free from harassment, and that will include the definition, letting people know where they can then find the employer's harassment policy, because that's the other main obligation that employers have, and that's to have policies and procedures in place for reporting and dealing with incidents and complaints. These policies should outline what an employee who is experiencing harassment in the workplace should do in terms of reporting their complaint, and more importantly, what the company will do in response to that complaint. These policies, of course, also need to be be made public. Uh, The workers need to be made informed that these policies exist and they should be accessible. Uh, Employers also have to train supervisors and managers in recognizing harassment or bullying in how to respond to a situation or complaint and especially ensure that they know the procedures in place for responding to a complaint. If you're an employee, what should you do if you feel like you're being harassed? What's your first step? Well, follow those procedures, uh, the procedures yeah. that you know your employer should have in place for reporting the incident. Remember, you have a right as an employee to a harassment-free workplace, so put your employer to work. Put those procedures to work for you. Make the complaint, move up the chain, and ensure that it is adequately addressed. Now, I mean, I of course understand that that isn't feasible for everybody. Some people feel very shy or afraid and don't want to immediately escalate things. And while that absolutely shouldn't stop you, I do understand why someone would feel that way. They don't want to stir the pot, so to speak. So at the very least, if you're an employee who feels like you're being harassed, write it down. Start you know, papering your file, getting your ducks in a row. Put it in an email to yourself so you have a date and timestamp on it and write down what happened, who did it, and how it was dealt with or not dealt with. Just hold on to it for the future. It can't do you any harm, right? It, and if you have it, then if you need it, you'll you'll have it. But better yet, send the email or emails once you have a few to the person who's offending you or your supervisor or HR. If you don't feel comfortable making that initial complaint, at least start compiling a record of everything that's happening to you. So, I mean, it's you kind of alluded to it there a moment ago, and that is depending on the type of job, type of workplace, you know, old boys, old boys club, that sort of thing. You may not want to come forward. You may feel a little sheepish for coming forward. So can you can you actually be punished for bringing forward a harassment complaint? Because people will probably ask you that too, right? Yeah, and, and you can't. You legally can't be punished for making a a complaint of harassment in the workplace. Again, you have the right to a harassment-free workplace and your employer has the obligation to give you that. So if you bring forward a complaint and you're punished for it or even just iced out or ignored, this is called reprisal actions and reprisal actions are illegal and can lead to a constructive termination of your employment, which would entitle you to severance and even bad faith or punitive damages. Um, you know, But I do understand that it's quite intimidating and I've actually recently wanted to really look at um, you know, how well our courts and our laws have been responding to this, especially now that complaints of harassment are so much more 
prevalent in the workplace? You know, are we properly protecting employees once they make that complaint? Um, you know, I, I sometimes fear that our courts don't go far enough in in what they should be doing. But at the end of the day, those protections are technically in place. And as an employee, your employer cannot punish you for making a complaint of harassment in the workplace. What if the harassment gets to the point, say, when you uh, you feel like you can no longer work? It's I mean, it starts to become a physical or possibly a mental thing. What do you do then? And and that so often happens. I think a lot yeah. of people, especially if you don't deal with it right away, if you if you think that it's just going to go away, you know, you bottle it up and you end up suffering from severe anxiety or stress, you know, um, and you feel like you just can't go on anymore. On this show, we've spoken a lot about constructive dismissal, meaning, uh, again, a dismissal or termination of employment that you can construe from actions instead of words. So like a layoff, um, you know, but instead of your boss explicitly saying, Bob, you're fired, uh, you know, we're reducing your pay by 30% or Bob, we're demoting you uh, as an employee, you're entitled to construe those actions as a termination of your employment and collect your severance. But another way in which a constructive dismissal can occur is through the creation of a poisoned work environment. And that's often through sustained uh, harassment in the workplace. Our courts have found that although fairly high, there is a threshold whereby harassment in the workplace can become so severe and so obviously a breach of the employer's obligations under the law that the employee can treat their employment as having been constructively dismissed and collect severance and possibly additional damages as well. But like I said, it's a high threshold right now. Um, personally, as I right. indicated before, I think this is probably ripe for some change in our courts, but it's always going to be extremely fact-specific and unique to your own personal situation. So please, if you feel like you are being harassed at work and you're getting to the point where you want to quit, call a lawyer. We can help you to navigate what is, can be and often, very often is a very difficult situation. Good stuff for another week. If there's anything you want to go over or any questions you want to ask uh, Leah and a member of the team at the firm now that we're done for this particular day, uh, it's very simple. The number is 604-283-3123. Email to get a hold of Leah and the team, help at employmenthour.com. And before you make any move, always, 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 even if you have that severance lever sitting in front of you, always consult the severance pay calculator for severancepaycalculator.com as well. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here on CKNW.